listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. If you like 90s, and I know you do, David, uh, you should go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the I Love 90s level over on our Patreon. Why? Because then you'll get access to our bonus episode that we call Garbage Time that we record after each and every main episode. On this week's Garbage Time, we talk about True Detective, The Thing, who we think should direct the new Alien movie, if there's a new director, uh, which there isn't, uh, movies that lie to you in the trailer, and uh, Shorzy. Meanwhile, in the main episode, the episode you're listening to right now, we talk about how tech is bad, technology is evil, techno-feudalism. We also uh, reject technology and talk about board games like Arkham Horror 3rd uh, Edition and uh, the D&D campaign Vecna, Eve of Ruin. Uh, I watched the Marvels, we're excited for X-Men 97, Deadpool, Wolverine, and then we uh, round it off with some comics talk. All this and more on 90S. Roll the tape, John... to compress on the fly and decompress on the other end. So it's not mm-hmm. totally insane to, to like not do that if you have the bandwidth. But sure, but, I, but I'm not necessarily saying compression in terms of like zip files. I'm saying just like elegant code and like non-redundant strings and whatever. Are, like, are you saying zip was not elegant? No, I'm saying zip was, but you had to like you had to unpack it. I'm just saying like your default run state being written efficiently. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't think that's as much of a thing. Like, all every program seems so, like, bloaty and stuff. And I feel that at least at least a couple people that I know with coding are like, yeah, most programs now we don't even think to to code efficiently because we just assume that, like, resources are, like, near unlimited on the machine. So it's not even why, – why bother trying to write, like, efficient code? Right. You want, you want to even get a little more uh, tinfoil hatty, which I don't even think is, but you might call it that, is that – the big, the big companies may have partnerships with the hardware producers and may, in fact, be incentivized to write shit code so that people will replace their computers and buy more expensive ones. Wait, right? I don't even think – I don't think that has anything tinfoil hatty. <laughs> Apple got like literally sued for exactly that. Like, yeah. like well, coded. I don't know exactly that. Are you talking about well, the battery thing? Well, yeah, the battery thing and like the coded obsolescence of just like, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your phone is slower now. Like, a, a, we're eating your battery, and B, we're also, like, making it so that X versions are running crappier because you, ha- yeah. you have to take, the, like, the mandatory Apple updates were, were, were proven to be screwing up your phone and making it shitty. Yeah, the other horrible one. I don't know if, you, if Electron means anything to you. Do you, know, do you guys know what that is? Have you heard about it? No. So mm-hmm. Electron is, like, a framework for applications to program them in that sits in between the operating system and the program, and you program once for Electron, and then you pro- it programs for everything like Apple slash Linux slash Windows. You know, it's like a layer in between that I think is web compatible. So you program in web type stuff, and then it, it like, it runs on any computer. And okay, so the- like it, it, it's a, like a compatibility handoff layer. sort of thing okay yeah, yeah. A compatibility layer in a sense a little <laughs> bit like java used to be where you in fact maybe still is where you like program in java and then the java compiler compiles it for all of the different uh, operating systems mm-hmm. the thing is microsoft has been in the process of converting all of their core apps oh, i'm seeing myself lagging converting all of their core apps into electron so like right now word like in m365 i'm pretty sure word runs in electron excel runs in electron i don't know if you guys have noticed those applications getting markedly 
glitchier and like losing features in the M365 edition. And it's because they're being recoded for Electron to save Microsoft the work of recoding them for uh, like Apple and Mac Apple and whatever. And whatever. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yep. My note for this segment was tech is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Techno feudalism. Welcome to I it. Guess. I guess. I mean, we. Um... I mean, tech is bad, but tech is also cheap. Like, I got what my is that microphone. Mean? It sounds a lot better than my old microphone. It was really dirt cheap. Yeah. I, like, my, did, my laptop, not not terribly expensive. Sure, it's not the most powerful thing, but, like... Okay, okay, but I, yeah. I want to go back to my the thing I was saying about the, like, 20 years ago, we were doing more or less the same thing on the internet, and mm-hmm. Moore's Law has ticked away for 20 years, which is, like, eight doublings of the of the processing power and the we're our, our like computers look at the look at the video feeds between the three of us right now are these like mm-hmm. significantly better than video from 2005 no. not little oh, yeah and then 2005 lot. yes 2005 was really like proto video chatting and stuff like but, but be- in terms better of watching than, video than, on the internet yeah better than maybe like 20 yeah yeah but this is all like this is live up and down right this is okay. 2005 i think it's a big difference but 10 years yeah like it is it's no different from 10 years ago okay. i think that like okay. 2005 is nearly 20 years ago i think there's a pretty pretty significant jump in terms of like the the like i remember like first video calls were choppy everything was stuttering all teeny, the time teeny, teeny tiny little square so i think that there's a big jump there but then yeah from 10 years ago to now i'm pretty sure that's that's yeah. the same thing. Anyway, the, like where you're saying it's cheaper, you're like you're not wrong in a lot of like in a lot of sense these things are cheaper, but the the degree to which they they are cheaper to produce and the degree to which we benefit from that reduction in cost, all of you know, not all, the vast majority of that increase has been absorbed by the techno feudalists. I use that term very specifically because in in a feudal uh, economy slash government, the Eli like, five techno feudalism. Yeah, so uh, let's do this. The the people say and they bitch about the capitalist system that we're in. We're not. We're in like a neo feudalism that is a that is like replacing whatever little degree of capitalism popped up in the middle of the 1900s. So feudalism is where you have an elite or a, like an aristocratic class that. It exists by extracting rent from the feudal class, so or right. from the serf class. So, whereas in the Middle Ages you had like a nobility who, like ostensibly, their job was to to be military protectors and whatever, but largely what they did is they they maintained control over their peasants and they just they just lived off of the wealth that was created by these other people. In yeah. techno feudalism, you have techno like 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 enterprises that sit in between you and another and, and your production and extract rent from that. So for us to yeah, be you're, doing- like, you're, you're supposed to, I, I guess you're the, like to, to match the allegory or whatever, instead of like military protection, you're like, they're, they're a, they're a service that you like, you need to work with. And that's the service right. that they're providing, but are they doing like, anything? You know, so you'd say like the phone increases the, our productivity, it increases our happiness in life. We love our phone. It squeezes its way into being mandatory slash necessary for your life, increases the price 
uh, you know, the cost of it in terms of your like percentage. Think about how like it used to be you had a home phone that you could share between an entire family for 40 bucks. And then now we ha- each have a hundred dollar a month phone sitting in our pocket. And mm-hmm. as Canadian, as Canadians, we're paying the highest rates for telephony out of any developed nation in the world. Yay. What what about like all of our operating systems? Slowly, slowly increasing the amount that they can squeeze us. All, you know, the well, yeah, like Microsoft Word is a service now. That's bonkers. Right, like it's you, a fucking you, text you, processor. I need to pay ten dollars a month for a goddamn notepad. Yeah, mm. you're like, what 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 is that? And uh, yeah, O three sixty five is I find like infuriating to me because it's not it's not a. I think what would the, the first one I think that really like like first software. I know, like non-video game, but the first software that I know of that really started charging those monthly uh, packages were was uh, like Photoshop. Yeah. yeah, exactly, Adobe and Photoshop. But the people that were using Photoshop were saying that like you got a tremendous amount of service if you were on that like on that subscription plan, and there was always patches, and like if something was broken, it was fixed right away, and it was really like it was a niche thing that was large, like the large market was professionals. And also, and, am I saying that incredibly yeah. high overhead? Like yeah. purchasing Photoshop Pro was six hundred, seven hundred bucks, even twenty years ago. Yeah, exactly. So 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 reduce that to a subscription model where you're like, you can have it for two or three years for the cost of what it actually would cost you to buy a brand new instance of it. It was like with, I, I with guess, all the updates and auto updates. Yeah. It was like leasing a car; you would just get the new. I, I'm sure that at some point I've mentioned this dude Corey Doctorow. He he coined twice. Once or twice. <laughs> Coined the term inshittification. That's we're we're discussing the start of the inshittification process where the like the product is is provided to you and does in fact provide enormous amounts of value. That's like phase one, please the users. And then phase two is you turn it into a marketplace or you turn it into a recurring revenue and then you slowly start extracting and reducing the amount of effort that goes into providing that value while at the same time increasing the price. Like Adobe has a captive audience who more or less still can't get away. You know, like there's other pieces of software sneaking their way in, but it's still the dominant dominant force. And Adobe does fucking nothing with that these days. Little, little, little they squeeze every penny they can out of people they buy anyone who's competition and either merge them into photoshop or shut them down directly and at the same time like have you tried go online if you haven't done this and look up what it takes to 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 quit a photoshop license right now like you look (laughs) you think you're signing up for a monthly thing and you are not you're signing up for a year and it and there's like penalties that they'll come after you for if you try to like exit before the end of your year but yeah, so but, 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 then, but at the same at the yeah. same time, Photoshop is at least a specialized service. Like like for as predatory as maybe they've they've rendered themselves, like it's still a specialized service that I understand. Yeah, I mean, like also, you're, you're, you're charging ten dollars a month for Office, dude. Office, it's it's Excel. Like, what is the average user's need for Office? Well, the thing is, like, Excel, I kind of get. There, there's, like, a lot of uses for Excel, and it's pretty robust software. You could maybe say the same thing for Word. Like, maybe maybe people use more than just the, the text, the notepad, like, level stuff out of it. But I don't think you your average it, user does. Probably not. But, but maybe Office user PowerPoint has got some good stuff. Is there a replacement for PowerPoint? Yeah, uh, but it's, it's more the question of what the, the perceived value is. Like, yeah. If Photoshop was seven hundred dollars, and they're saying you can get it for ten bucks a month in perpetuity, and 
you don't need to pay $700 when version six comes out and $700 when version seven comes out. Mm. It's just, you're like, fine. But, but word comes prepackaged on, on your computer. And now they're asking you to pay more for it. I mean, it hasn't like, for a while. It hasn't come prepackaged. You usually had to throw on like a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars for the office office suite, sure. right? Which you don't really notice, but you get it anyway because you're like, whatever. I need Word and Excel. I'll pay the one top. Now they're saying one hundred and twenty dollars a year. They're saying that Microsoft Word is bringing you the same or as much value as Netflix or whatever. <laughs> and like I said, that, I mean, if you are, I agree. If you, that's where it's crazy. If yeah. you're if you're running a small business or whatever else, like yeah, like that, that's fine. That that is cost of doing business like john said you probably need excel excel is like a reasonable balance sheet whatever put presentations together for your little small business but i guarantee you so many people who are subscribed to 0365 load up word once a month like <laughs> you yeah. know like it's, do their homework use the spell check the word counts yeah i'm That's just it. like ugh. at least at least there's like open docs have their margins whatever. all screwed up and they don't understand why yeah Anyway, it's it's bananas. Yeah. Uh, what with low, low key, I was gonna say how what did we what do we do that's non tech related? John and I did Arkham Horror Third Ed. Hell we, yeah! That's without technology. Take that, techno feudalists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having fun with paper and cardboard. Take that. Uh, yeah, we, we, I think we must have talked about Arkham Horror Third Ed for a little while. I I feel so. Pat and I were talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel we ran it real zippy, mm-hmm. which uh, was, I think... Was I too much? Was I, like, pushing it too hard? Or yeah, I mean, like, it's it's one of those things where, especially, I think that, like, the second ed has maybe damaged our, our brains occasionally. Because even, even running it zippy, I think we took about two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Right? But and, and that's at a table of, like, like, a lot of people hadn't played it in years and some new folk, you know? Like, that's sure. not bad for that. But I think a bunch of people were still playing their turns pretty quick. It was just that, like, we were, there wasn't a lot of sense of what was going on. Hmm. So, because I don't think there was, like, a lot of room to breathe. And there is a narrative to Arkham, right? And where much better I th- in this one than the other one. Exactly like this. Like, like yeah. there is a mission and there is whatever. Like, I was occasionally, like, stopping going to the Violet. And I was like, what do you think is happening right now? She's like, I have no idea. And, and, I, and, I was, <laughs> and I was just like, well, we're chasing a guy. And he's joined this evil cult. And we have a person on the inside of the cult. And the clues in the middle represent, like, clues that we're trying to get to the cult yeah. and like whatever yeah. else like that. And they're like, Oh, we didn't get there on time. The old lady's memory has been washed. You know, like, like that's mm-hmm. like, there is, there is a narrative unfolding in the game. And that's what Pat was saying. He was like, just like a little bit more breathing room. And obviously I don't think it was necessarily the table who'd be down for that. Cause everybody was like a little bit on a Friday night party mode. Yeah. But like, if you're just sort of like, if everybody kind of like takes the time and like, you kind of set up even each encounter to be like, like everybody kind of listens to what the encounter and what choices they make and and everyone gets a little invested into the dice rolls and you just say like, oh, I'm heading over into this location because I want to think like I'll get a spell or whatever. And if everybody just sort of like enacts their thing, I think you can get like sucked into the the narrative without necessarily sacrificing gameplay. And and Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, I, I mean, next time, whatever, if we do a third ed, just like to set aside maybe like, Knowing that'll probably add another hour to it, and we might be playing the game for three and a half hours, yeah. you know. But with that, like, we're gonna be like witnessing a story and kind of like getting each element of the story in, and 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 breathing that way. In, in terms of addressing like common complaints about the about second ed and about um, eldritch horror, I think 
you know, the, the game feels kind of pretty successful to me. And the times that I played it with Debbie in the last, like maybe a year ago, I bought a bunch of expansion packs. We played it five or six times and then just like never picked it up again. But just like such, the, such the, as the, having a small child, such as having a small child. But the, but the like the, the narrative elements kick a lot more. There's a lot less fiddliness with your character than there was in old editions. The like spells and items that you get are kind of like there's less of them and they're more meaningful and they kind of feel more like like bumps to your character rather than just like a generic plus one that you don't even notice i don't know it all feels better and the 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 branching storyline i thought was pretty cool you know we didn't get after that lady fast enough but then we we had the like the investigation that we weren't able to solve in time but then we ran off and did it later and then it paid off for helping us against uh what's his face the pallid man who popped out at the end there yeah yeah. it felt felt pretty good the bloodless man the bloodless man that was it yeah yeah, because yeah, because Pat it was like uh, I was hanging out with Pat when I went to talking game yesterday, whatever. And he was like, "Man, he's like, I'm not gonna lie, I have no idea what your character was doing." And I was like, "Low key, making sure we won the game. I pulled like eight Doom off the board. Yeah, that's all I did yeah. all game. <laughs> and it, it was just like wasn't killing monsters, wasn't completing quests. It was just pulling Doom off the board when no one else was able to. Yeah, and I was like, but and like it kind of sucked. Like again, not to say it sucked that like I was like I demand recognition, but it was like. In a, and I think, like, in a fully engaged table, you'd be like, oh, shit, and he's pulling Doom off the board, and that's a big deal, you know? Yeah. Like, whereas, I get it, we were sitting on the other sides of the table, whatever, and he's like, he also was just sort of like, he's like, man, I was like, and I was just stuck there with, like, a monster pinning me down, and he was like, where are you? I'm like, on the same square as you, Pat. I'm on the <laughs> same square as you. <laughs> he was like, oh, no. So, yeah, I think, like, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. I think um, it, it kind of... It sucks that the games that I enjoy are just such, like, massive things and, like, time constraints and whatever else, where it was, like, the Arkham Horror game, like, Third Ed, absolutely, I think, heads and shoulders over second, and I would also say a pretty big upgrade even on Eldritch. For sure, for sure, for sure. And I was like, I, I really enjoy that gameplay, but I was like, even with, I think if you had four people running, like, efficiently but still kind of like taking time to follow the storyline you're still looking at a three-hour commitment probably having having done it with debbie and like we both kind of knew what we were doing knew the characters were playing really zippy it's actually a little faster than than eldritch i wouldn't say by a wide margin like an eldritch game you kind of expect two and a half hours if you're playing like Mm -hmm. a big one i think i think arkham third you could you could do or at least know you're going to win slash lose after two hours but that's what i mean i don't necessarily know that because i i really thought we were going to lose that encounter and i think it was just by by chance by nature of the encounter that he had like an extra level like i feel that like when we we were down to a roll or two to win that game like exactly but that's it but but i even think about that the flip like the first flip of the bloodless man i thought would be the end of the game and instead it was just kind of like his his second form or whatever yeah yeah and that was (laughs) but i was like i was like great it was great oh no again we have not done great for this situation Anyway, it was fun. Yeah. I, but yeah, but that's it. It's like it's it's a really hard sell, and like apparently I really want to obviously play Unfathomable at some point. And it's the same thing. Like, got to yeah. find a Sunday afternoon or something where everybody has three hours kicking around. Like, I don't know. Don't Can't wait me. till I'm retired, that, man. That attention for that kind of game, I do not have it. No. No. Three hours. I mean, I played it later. a couple times with you guys, and all the time I'm just like, hmm. 
I'd like to role play. I'm going to freak out a little bit. <laughs> Everyone at the table just loses their mind. <laughs> what are you doing? No, you have to do this for us to win. And I'm like, oh, oh, well, sorry. I mean, if you if the whole group is down, I think there's space for that and more space for that kind of thing in, in this third edition than there was in any of the others. It's just mm-hmm. there may, you might have to like admit that some people are on role play mode and give them a boost and just like say that's what it takes for them to play in the, in the game. Well, I mean, you, you said that Arkham Horror third has has easy mode or whatever like there's like ways to like dial up and down like either the doom or the clues tokens i, I think so i haven't i said it i maybe i was wrong but i um i don't know i, feel I found like it... there's something you could just figure out i mean I, I feel that it'd be it'd be a pretty easy adjustment data <laughs> to, to just change the reckoning cup or whatever like the mythos yeah. cup like, like i feel you can manipulate that and make it less bad pretty easy but i think that would be actually like a fun time to do like an arkham horror like role play session where you're like i'm yeah. dexter drake and i'm only going to be like investigating the Twi- silver twilight lodge because i'm a magician and there are magicians there is it the best call no but i'm a wizard yeah, exactly well, that's, that's it that's but, what like, it is there's my so magical many, like, knowledge demands to be sated <laughs> you know, there's like, so many cards that are like look at this great like um environment it's it's setting the tone it's setting the scene follow the story also, do exactly what you need to do, or you're going to lose the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I yeah, found yeah. that real like, ooh, this is spooky. Oh, the atmosphere, Scott. Do exactly this, or we're going to lose. Okay, <laughs> go here, fight this monster, and get that gate shut. Okay, but <laughs> you're like, true. but yeah. I went to the Dreamlands yesterday. I only want to go back to the Dreamlands. Everything I have witnessed in the last 24 hours has been nothing but horror, except for that one magical moment where I was in another world and it was full of everything pure and beautiful. Character is now obsessed with trying to get back to the dreamlands. Hey, I got it's a the sword. the only thing that makes sense to them. Hey, I got a sword. You're not a fighter. Give that guy a sword. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of wants to have it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> of just being and like, I'm what, saying, what a... I'm not saying that's that's... That that's the worst thing that could happen. I'm just saying. Oh, it, I don't know. Only three hours of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's tricky. I mean, but, but I, are you saying like the three hours are just like that game? That game. That game. I had I had I had a tough time with because it was hard to like build a strategy and have fun with the atmosphere at the same time. For me. Fair. No. I, I, I... Like I think it, that's it, about, it, that is a valid this, criticism. It built the horror of the atmosphere, and then you had no place to play in that horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I say, I think that if there was, if I, I've always thought, and I'm sure that people are just like, well, Fantasy Flight has an Arkham Horror role playing gameplay that, but there are so many narrative elements built into the Arkham Horror games that it's so close to being like almost almost getting into like a like a Gloomhaven style of like yeah this is actually like almost a role-playing game that like it's just close but it seems to just still kind of lean onto traditional board game i think a little bit a little bit more than like letting you really like explore the narrative and like become your guy because like scott said not even that it was it was like it just turned out to be like nintendo hard it it definitely is if you weren't focused and ready to do all all the things you would just be like womp 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 back to one one like oh yeah yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. And you're like I said, you have to kind of play. And this was like <laughs> when I was like, John, we, we do probably need another person with any amount of lore. If we hadn't have been, we would have been like wiped the floor with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, fun, fun, fun tabletop times. 
Yeah. Uh, did you did you see the link that I sent in the D and D thread? Nope. John? I had a crazy day today. Uh-oh. What happened? Uh-oh. What happened? What was uh, there, there's a new module. Oh, I, I did see that. that. So it's the Vecna thing. Yeah, I yeah, read but, about but, it. Did, yeah, exactly. So did you like you saw what it is? I don't know the exact details, but it's something about other modules that came before tying all being tied together into a Vecna chase Vecna across the multiverse kind of scenario. Yeah, it's as near as I can tell. I, I don't know obviously the exact details or whatever, but apparently like it ties like ties together like Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus, Curse of Strahd, Horde of the Dragon, like all of this stuff. Yes. And I think it's really meant to be from what I for the brief thing that I read online is it's kind of like it's five E's send off almost. Right, like as as five E kind of winds down, and you're like, here's what it is. Like, it obviously allows you to create your own characters, but it's like meant for level ten to twenty. Like, yeah. it's like you don't you don't start low. You're like you start at level ten, and also like the, the there's like a proposed cast of like heroes from the modules and stuff. So it's like you can be like a a, a D and D greatest hits. Like I don't know if Drist is in there, but like someone like like Drist is like. Meant to be the characters that you play. Obviously, you can make well, your own, and then oh, it's no, 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 no. down. You, you don't think you're supposed to take your characters from the other modules? Like, I think you I, have I them. Take my, yeah, I could take my wizard from uh, Tomb of Annihilation, and you could take your clank clank from a Descent into Avernus, and another person could take his guy from Strahd, and they're all at about the right level, right? They're all like kind of level thirteen. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I think, like I said, but at the same time, if you want to think of someone wants to play a, a legendary D and D person, like those characters are in there too. But I think, yeah, yeah. you're supposed. I think you're supposed to take your guys who have leveled up to ten and twelve in all of these other ones and pick a, a greatest, greatest warriors or whatever. And then, yeah, you're supposed to hunt down Vecna across like Planescape, Spelljammer, Eberron, Ravenloft, Dragonlands, Greyhawk, like going cool. off or whatever. And I was like, I think that's pretty fun. Like a. Uh, mm-hmm. A last hurrah to just pop through all the settings while hunting down. I mean, I guess thanks to Stranger Things, is Vecna the most famous bad guy now? Vecna has been like, like, and, and he's been a big deal for always. I mean, like, I man, would... the hand of Vecna and the eye of Vecna have been since like first edition, second edition. I don't know. I've always thought Tiamat was kind of like the last boss of D anD D, at least like traditionally, maybe because of the cartoon. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is there a last boss of TNT? I don't. Orcus. Strahd. Orcus has been around for a lot. Strahd's been a big bad for a yeah, long but, ass time, but not that long. Strahd's Ravenloft, so that means he's like late eighties, early nineties only, right? Or was he a vampire yep. beforehand? No, no, no. no yeah, that okay. was it. Castle Strahd was. Or, uh, Castle no, but you said you said most famous. I'd say yeah. Strahd would be the one who like defines defines a whole world. Hmm. Yeah. Like you, Ravenloft, Strahd, the, like those two words go together more than I think any other world of DNA. Yeah, that's like you, you can play in the Forgotten Realms a ton and not, I think, ever touch Vecna. Vecna or, predates Forgotten Realms. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think he's, he's a Greyhawk. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's, right. he's, one, of, he's, he's one of Gary's boys, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's the kind of like super awesome giant idea I always thought a role playing game should do. The like universe hopping chase down the cosmic mm-hmm. evil. I I'm pretty sure they've been laying the, the seeds for this all over. Like I think there was a little tiny bit of Vecna content in all of the modules that you've mentioned. Like mm-hmm. way off to the side in the corner, you only find it if you're like going everywhere. I think I think we got one of them in uh, Vernus or whatever. Yeah, we, like, we got we got one of his artifacts or whatever that was just like kicking around. It's there was crazy. An obelisk. It's crazy to me obelisk. that that's took five editions of this game to do that. 
I think that's great. Especially since comics have been doing it forever, right? Like crossover. I would, events. I would, I would even say like <laughs> Vampire's been did it twenty to twenty five years ago. What do you mean? With the Vampire the, like, had like seven a, book, uh, eleven book, whatever. Yeah, and spanning events and putting it in all the clan books and secret books and like really wanting to build like links between all of the vampire books and and werewolf and mage and changeling and tying everything together on on some thread. Yeah, but I feel that you have to kind of like you have to be real careful with that because it often felt like oh if you're playing if you're playing a World of Darkness third ed game, you're you're t- you're worried about uh, like Apocalypse and Gehenna and whatever and this and that and those like became the underlying themes and it kind of I felt as a, like if you weren't playing that, you, were you really playing the game? Because there was so much, there was almost so much of that crossover vibe that if your if your campaign didn't like deal with some bit of that crossover vibe, were you were you even playing it? I don't know. I yeah, but then think of how lame every cro- like mega crossover game you played in was. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, but even if you just kept it strictly to vampires, it was just like like I feel that like every every third ed game that was happening. Some like Gehenna was a looming threat. Even if you weren't gonna, even if you weren't gonna cross over and throw werewolves and changelings into it, it was still like Gehenna's coming. Mm-hmm. However, you, however you choose to do it, and like the the Methuselahs are waking up and all that crap, and it seemed to just be like they really pushed you in that direction to run your games about the meta. Bah. Uh, but uh, this this though, I like if they're kind of if they're if they're wrapping on five e, they're like, yeah, here's the here's the payoff. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if you've played all the modules or read about them or played a couple of them, you'll you'll have a couple Easter eggs from those modules in there. And if not, you can just do a wild level ten to twenty throwdown against Vecna. Mode. Or bigger picture, if not, and now you see that they all tie together. Maybe you want to get those two or three that you missed mm. to go to go play them before the big finale comes up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, like, be, did, did I yeah. really want to watch all three, all four Thor movies? Eh, maybe not, but I kind of want to get everything I'm going to get out of Avengers Endgame. So, <laughs> what's what's a Marvel movie without some homework? <laughs> there we go. Speaking of doing homework, how did you Marvel yet, Scott? Nope. So, is it the the Marvel movie with the most homework? I mean, one right. of the characters has not appeared in a movie before and only in a, what, six or eight episode miniseries? Two of the characters, really. Oh, no, because... Actually, yeah, Spectrum, is she in a movie? Yeah, she's in Captain Marvel. Yeah, but as only as a little kid. She, no. she's not, she doesn't get superpowers until WandaVision. She doesn't get superpowers until WandaVision, but she's not a little yeah. kid. She's she's full Oh, of- right. When she comes back, yes, 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 yes. When she leaves, she's a kid. When she comes back, she'll be like, I'll be back. Are you sure? I don't know. I think it's her mom. I'm sure. No, it's not her mom. I mean, her mom is in it. Mm-hmm. That's a tragic backstory. Whatever. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like... So, what are we talking about here? What do you mean? <clears throat> so Maria Rambo, a.k.a. Spectrum, a.k.a. Captain Mon- Marvel, but will never be referred Monica. to as Captain Marvel. Monica, Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. I was thinking of Maria Hill. Monica Rambo uh, got like snapped in, you know, remember the Thanos snap? But it got undone. But it, but it got undone. But 
her a lot mother of, like, her mother did not get snapped and her mother was dying of cancer when she was snapped so she like reappears in the like hospital chair whatever it was seven years later and is looking for her mom five. and her mom five years yeah later. five and her mom passed away like a couple years ago but for her it was just like a blink of an eye and i was like ah oh. i was like that's actually like one of the possible like only things that they did where they made the snap feel like still a shitty thing that people dealt with mm-hmm. like everybody else yeah. just kind of moved on and like some people were five years older who cares and i was like i feel that the world took this pretty well not not for nothing the five-year gap on the snap was crazy that was a crazy thing that happened mm-hmm. like science fiction wise where they're cool. just like we can't undo five years of time that it took us to like you know fight thanos and fix this yeah, because people were born, people got married, people fell in love, people died. We can't just rewind all of that and undo five yeah. years of everyone else's life. So we'll just make everyone else alive. Mm-hmm. And like the crazy shit that had to happen, and like, um, what was it Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, where everyone's like, they're like, hey, guess what? You don't have a bank account anymore. All of your assets have been liquidated. You have zero dollars to your name. Welcome back to being alive. And you're like, what? 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 <laughs> someone, All your assets have been sold house. off. Someone lives in your house. <laughs> someone like, adopted wife, your dog. Your wife got remarried. Yeah, it's been five years, man. <laughs> you're like... Turned to dust. <laughs> Everyone saw it. <laughs> and who, like... Even like the Avengers didn't think it was something that'd be possible to like undo, but like mm-hmm. average us, <laughs> you, you wouldn't be like, I wonder if we can fix this. You'd be like, no, half the population turned to dust. I guess we just keep on living <laughs> and move on with our lives. Why would we think that that would be reversed at any point? Right. Mm-hmm. Just, just like a crazy plot point just to throw into a movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, the, the TV shows will deal with this. <laughs> kinda anyway so like any other uh, science fiction movie that is the huge giant plot point drama point touch point for everything yeah and they just deal with like whatever it's been five years yep. five years later <laughs> just jumps ahead <laughs> uh, so yeah so Monica Rambeau you'd have to, you have to watch WandaVision to get her character introduced Miss Marvel has not been in anything and she has a whole TV show to watch and then Captain Marvel you definitely have to watch I'm saying well, at least it feels like you would definitely have to watch at least the Captain Marvel movie and I guess all, all things post Infinity War you need to have watched the two Avengers movies mm-hmm. basically well, okay. that said you don't need to watch any of these things to enjoy this movie <laughs> It's like, I feel that it was like probably a knock against it that it felt like you had to know who these characters were, but they all get their little, like, um, what's her name? Miss Marvel does a whole little, like her sketch intro thing, like she did in the show and kind of explains who she is and who she's obsessed with Captain Marvel or whatever. And then they start switching places and she freaks out and then they just kind of gloss over. They're like, yeah, weird witch gave me powers and I'm Monica Rambo. The end. And like, not for nothing, the- that should have been the trailer. Yeah, they they just they 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 hit the ground running, which is cool. It's the movie is an hour forty five or whatever, which is cool. There's a lot of stupid silly shit in it, uh, but like they don't dwell on any of the stupid silly shit for too long, which is enjoyable. Like there is a planet where they can only communicate in song and dance, and if that <laughs> sounds like fun to you, it's kind of fun. If that sounds shitty and annoying, it's less than five minutes. Like. 
you know, like you're like if you're if you're gonna go and have a wacky, stupid idea, don't let it bog down your <laughs> your adventure. And but like the people who will like it, you'll be like, oh, this is crazy and fun. And if you don't like it, it takes like the Ramones approach to filmmaking, <laughs> and it's just like here's another thing, and it's just happening. I, I think the only thing that held it back is the thing that I sort of I think damning to all the MCU, which is tone like just tonal shifts are just wild everything is like such high stakes on all these intergalactic heroes that there's like planets that are dying and like entire civilizations getting wiped out and then they're like back with one-liners in the next scene and i was like what the hell is happening like if you think about it you're like isn't that pure comic book it is very much in the comics but but also we're not watching comics we're watching movies it is but it also isn't like sometimes a throwaway panel will be like scarring and, and a plot point for like 15 years of comic books sometimes but i mean reading as as you know i'm I'm going through the the hickman avengers stuff which is the incursions where there's universes colliding in on each other and like boy they do not seem to care that much <laughs> like every I every time jaded you would get you know, after, after a snap kind of thing, be like, "All right, man, fucking whatever is gonna happen." <laughs> what is yeah, like life? like the the incursion storylines of uh, that Hickman's writing is basically saying that like the universes are collapsing on each other. So, and the only way is like it's 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 killer be killed. Like when a universe collapses on itself, like only one can survive. That's like the rule of the incursions. So if you can just and it's because there's like it's all centered around Earth for whatever cosmic stupid reason. So if the you beyonder. can like just beyonder, beyonder, if you can beyonder, what yeah, the beyonder. beyonder, yeah. But the but the stupid builders and the engineers and all that stuff, it's all it's all a big mess. But anyway, if you can destroy the Earth in the other universe, you can save your universe. So you need to casually make that decision, <laughs> which. Like the Illuminati just gets together and they're like, yeah, well, that's it. It's them or us, baby. And I'm like, you are killing billions of people every time you save our Earth. <laughs> like, yeah. And they, they switch around and, 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 Tony, and Tony's cracking jokes the next panel every time. And you're like, you what? You have a lot of blood on your hands, Tony. <laughs> I, mean, I guess he's already like, it's already a ton. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to him in charge. God. Mm. Anyway, back to the Marvels. Uh, yeah, they, it, it's it's kind of wild where you're like, you just like, you think back and you're like, I'm pretty sure they, they killed the planet in that scene. And like, <laughs> and it just like, whoop, and moves on to the next thing. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. But otherwise, um, I would rank it, I don't know, somewhere somewhere in the top 10 of Marvel movies. It's like, I, it was it was so much like lighter and what? breezier than, yeah, maybe like nine, nine or 10. I enjoyed it more than both Doctor Strange's. I enjoyed it more than probably, well, definitely the second Avengers movie. I enjoyed it better than, like, two of the Thors. Like, I don't know. How many have there been? 20? It's Like, I'm saying it's middle of the pack. It is, like, three significantly Guardians, better three than Guardians the battle. Huh? Three Guardians movies. It might be better than Guardians 2. Guardians 2 is... Not great. I've rewatched that. It's not that good. It's held together by its characters, but I don't know. But I mean, I'd, like I said, I'd put Guardians two. I'd float it around Guardians two. It's less good than the three Spider Mans. Less good than two of the Guardians. 
and less good than I mean I know you guys love Endgame and Infinity War and I Mm-mm. gotta and black I do and Black Panther Black Panther and Winter Soldier and Civil War yeah and like I said and after that that that's nine or ten and it's lots around there honestly it's just a lot of it's certainly certainly the most Keith are you saying you liked it better than you you like Shang Chi and the Ten Rings because you liked it better movie. than. I liked it I better you wanted than a tattoo of the two dragons fighting on your back. Full back piece. I liked it better than Chang Chi. I liked it better than Black Widow. I liked it better than whatever the hell else has been happening in this phase, other than Spider Man and Guardians. I liked it better than Ant Man. Like, you know, like I'm just saying, it's it's the thing about it, it is it's easier to like better than Ant Man three, but Ant Man one is pretty pretty solid. Tight little story there. I liked it better than Ant Man and the Wasp. Like I. May have even enjoyed it more than actual Ant Man. I think I thought Ant Man was pretty bland. This is this feels like we we talked last week about uh like Last Action Hero like as a popcorn movie. This feels the most like a popcorn movie without ever being like it's the most important shit on the ever like because which those that third act that Marvel movies that has that I hate is not to say not present but it's really not as heavy handed and just like in your face that like now this is serious like i hate that everybody gets serious in the third act stupidity and this does it a little bit but it's not like a 20 the the final fight scene is about maybe two minutes (laughs) like it's not like a giant set piece whatever it's like it's real breezy it is the exact movie i would want to watch which when i did on like a Friday night with some popcorn where I was like, it is a shut your brain off and, and understand it's a shut your brain off. Cause I don't think all the Marvel movies understand that they're supposed to be shut your brain off movies and they think they're trying to be something else. And that's usually where they fail when they try to get serious and like teach me a lesson or something like this operates a lot more in a traditional, like action movie, like sci-fi action bananas, Ta-da, have fun. And, and clock in at under two hours. I mean, I'm glad you liked it, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get the same thing you got from it when I watch it. So they, the, everybody on the peak gets eaten by flurkins. <laughs> What's a flurkin? It's like a cat that's also an octopus that's also... A bag of holding. A bag of holding. <laughs> They need to evacuate. They need to evacuate a space station, and there's only like a couple working escape pods. And they were like, "This doesn't make any sense." And they have, you know, a bunch of flurkin kittens. And Fury's like, "Oh man, let's let's do this." And again, it's a fast scene. So even if you think it's stupid, it doesn't like that's not a major point. It just happens and keeps going, which I was like, "This is so refreshing." Every scene is just breezy, and and fun, breezy and fun. The Marvels. I, I don't it know. Sounds like seven. Guardians Three. If you took away all the animal torture, yeah, actually, <laughs> you know, is that Nathan Fillion in an orange bubble suit? Fun. That scene. <laughs> now we're torturing animals again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm so honestly, by the fact that there was a five-year-old kid in the theater for that movie was just ugh. not okay. Yeah, but honestly, it has a lot of like. The, the fun parts of Guardians without the weird emotional manipulation of cute animals. And I, f- I feel that, you know, whatever, they, 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 got, they got done dirty by A, I think Disney's own marketing stopped having faith in it. Because like you said, that could have been in the trailer. To be like, you that don't need to watch. You don't need to watch these. Like, hey, here's what you need to know before you go see this movie. 
quick yeah. recap, quick, quick, quick recap. Now go see the movie. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like you, like it didn't. It had. It doesn't seem to tie into any of the. If anything, I think it's going to tie into a show. Or whatever. Well, well, I mean, I think that it's they. It still might do a show because, like, the 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 end is like uh, is is Kate Bishop coming back. All the shows I don't think, I got. Yeah, I know, but that's it. I'm saying, but it's. We'll see what it does. But like, it, it's the it's a redo of. Uh, I think it's Hulk. Ending on Hulk or the ending of Iron Man or whatever. No, I think it's Iron Man. Whatever, whichever one is the first one of the Fury, but he was in both. Whatever. So it's like Kate Bishop comes home from her thing, and it's like Miss um, Marvel, like slowly, she's like, "You're part of a bigger world, or like a smaller world, because we're we're teenage heroes, and there's already adult ones." <laughs> like, and like that's like kind of the setup. And I was like, "Oh, that's cute." At the end. <laughs> And I was like, sure, I, give, give me give me Teen Avengers, and then put them on Arcade's Island. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if this is building towards, uh, what's what it called? Avengers Arena. Yeah, if this is building to Avengers Arena, I'm all in. Speaking of, in the, the, in the comics run that I'm reading, there's uh, there's Infinity Infinity the Hunt or whatever, which was like, it's supposed to be a bunch of the schools are like competing against each other but like in a in a sanctioned event mm-hmm. but a bunch of people are missing because Avengers Arena is happening at the same time and they're like and all the schools are just missing like some of their students and just says like wonder why where all these people are go see Avengers Arena and I was like lol they're having like, a bad time yeah they are not having a good time at all this isn't a fun fun thing we're like where are some of our students oh they've been kidnapped by Arcade and are being tortured but we just think they all went on vacation or something I'm reading Green Lantern right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, mid mid teens, 2015, 2016. Grant Morrison run. Okay. Boy, oh boy, they just give him Green Lantern. Just, just think about that for a second. Sure, but I what mean, but it? I think what does that mean? What does that mean? He, they've given him Batman, right? Like he's, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Batman lives in Gotham City has a butler, has a car. Green Lantern is a space cop. Anything is possible. Anything goes, Grant Morrison. Who can, who can make anything out of green? <laughs> that's just, that is his power. They gave the weirdest, wildest, less, least hinged writer the character that has no limits. It's been absolutely how, bananas. How quickly does Grant Morrison insert himself in as a character? Oh, he's not there yet. But, but he's but he's coming. Man, he could be. <laughs> like, Just the Grant Morrison, his own planet. Yeah. <clears throat> God, it's so weird. It's 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 Animal Man unhinged. Like it's great. It's crazy. Give, what, give me an example of what that what that means. <sighs> There's a Green Lantern whose head is a volcano. He's just Wait, like, just, I'm, yeah, I'm and he just lives that way. He's just, that's it. His head is a constantly erupting volcano. And he walks well, he around did that with in a massively macho. Yeah, it's, it's like that, but with no grounding of the X-Mansion, right? Like there's nothing <laughs> there. It's just, everything is crazy all the time. Um, I like it. Yeah, uh, Hal Jordan commits murder in order to go deep cover. And that's just... That's just straight up. Shrugged off. 
no, no. It's just, he's like, I understand what you're asking. If you want me to go in deep cover with this evil criminal offshoot of death worshiping dark stars, mm-hmm. I will have to murder someone. And he does. It's <laughs> the only way to get into the dark stars. Yep. Uh, I mean, and they're just like, great, great. He, yeah, he killed someone there. Hmm. Is he usually not? Is, is, he, is he like a bad Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty true blue, typically. He's, he's usually the uh, conservative member of the Justice League to Green Arrows, flaming liberal pinko. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, he's, he's law and order, ACAB. Yeah. Like, all lanterns are bastards, A-Labs. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to superheroes oh. and, and comic book stuff. Uh, two two big trailers dropped since we last recorded. Deadpool and Wolverine. And, and perhaps more importantly, X-Men Twister. 97. X-Men 97. <laughs> what did that mean? So, so in 1992... Following the success of Batman the Animated Series, um, Saban Productions and Marvel Studios released X-Men, the animated <laughs> series. <laughs> 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 Previous, previously <laughs> on X-Men. Uh, it lasted five seasons and then ended weird. And it, 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 ended, it ends with, uh, with Xavier dying and that, everyone that's it. Sad. And everyone being sad and it's kind of like a cliffhanger because like, there's an unresolved storyline that is like happening and it was really meant to lead into season six. Which was never funded and they were canceled. Mm-hmm. And Disney, after buying Fox a couple years ago, looked at all the properties that it picked up and it was just like, hmm, let's just let's just pick this one back up again. Let's just make season six. <laughs> of a show. Animated it's in exactly the same animation years. style. Yeah. With as many of the season voice actors of- as you can get. Yeah. Everyone loved that one, though. Like, I, yeah. I, I did that show get canceled. It was awesome. You didn't see season five. That's why. That John. is true. That is true. No one saw season five. It wasn't heavily syndicated. Um, is it bad or is it just like great. it was already out of rotation? Everyone loved the first three seasons of it. Season five has a different theme song. Like, no, no one saw it. Whoa. It's weird. Why? That was like the, the catchiest damn thing. Everybody, yep. everybody knows that theme song. I was watching yeah. with Archer, and Archer's first reaction was like, "Ugh, no, what? Why? Please, what, Dad? What? <laughs> what did you do? Why did you break my show, Dad? Yeah. Why are you? I will say that I just uh, we started watching the 2016 Powerpuff Girls, and it doesn't have the same theme song. And I was like, "What?" Like the, it's, the number it's, one, the number one comment I saw on Reddit that I completely agreed with with X Men '97 was, if the first line of this series isn't previously on X Men, I will know that they've got everything wrong. <laughs> previously on X Men, most 20. of you weren't weren't born. <laughs> That's there was I'm, no internet, and if it, if it wasn't there, I'm hoping the internet is strong enough to make that happen by March 20th. I, yeah. Just and, like, and, but, but also Disney, Disney does like the laser edit. So if there's like, like uh, enough outcry, if you wait two or three days, it might start previously mm-hmm. on X-Men. Cause they've like snuck, like sh- shot stuff into Disney plus shows mm-hmm. before. Right. <clears throat> oh man. Yeah, no, it definitely should be. I just, I watched, I just watched the first episode of it. Of not of X Men '97, but of X Men 1992. Two, yeah, the Night of the Sentinels. 
it's part one. Night of the Sentinels part one has one of my favorite pieces of, of superhero animation of all time. Like, I mean, I just watched it like two days ago. Wolverine and Gambit against the Sentinels in the caves. I think that's in part two. It must be in part two. Yeah, it's yeah, after... yeah part, part one's all in the mall with uh, with Jubilee and okay, stuff. So it's in part two. They go to the island where Master Mold is, mm-hmm. and Wolverine and Gambit are, are in the mines. And Wolverine shoves Gambit out and slams the security door shut and takes on three Sentinels by himself. And it's pitch black, and all you see is oh, when yeah, the, Sentinels the white claws. When the Sentinels fire, mm-hmm. you can see like a flash, like a strobe light of Wolverine taking like a quarter step. And then when Wolverine's claws spark on the metal, you can see another flash. And it's just amazingly ballsy. And, and like, it's saved, pitch black. Saved, and you hear, like, saved a bunch of money on those animation sequences, mm-hmm. but, like, looks cool as hell. So cool. It's like the Robert so, Rodriguez School of Animation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how can you run this cheap but look cool? Sound effects and black screens. So cool. I love it so much. Yeah. The an- overall the animation's very cool. Like very, very nineties, mind you. Like I'm like it is it, it looks like a thirty five year old thing or whatever it is. Like And boy oh boy, do they try to cram in forty years of comic books into four seasons. And then they just add morph. Cause I guess like Taz added Harley and they were like, We can add that a character. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Like, Changeling was a character in the comics. He wasn't Morph, and Morph sucks. I don't understand why people say that, like, Morph became, like, a fan favorite or whatever. I was like, immediately, as soon as he turned on, he was like, <laughs> whatever. I was like, oh, I hate this guy, and I hated him as a kid. Like, as soon as he had his stupid little laugh, I was like, right, I have blocked out Morph. And then, because then they kill him off in season one, and, like, people got so mad, they brought him back. But, like, they could they could have just left him dead. He's like a Joker type. Well, he's, no, he's supposed to kind of be like Nightcrawler because he's supposed to be Wolverine's annoying friend. Hmm. Yeah, but why would Wolverine be friends with this guy? I, I don't understand it either. Like, you, in the you, comics, you he's, great. he's friends with Kurt. In the comics, he's great. Morph is great. Exiles is a fantastic comic driven by by Morph. But yeah, he's an he's annoying as shit in the show, mm. and and it, and it like it, it like it gave me like childhood flashbacks. I was like, I hated him as a kid. Also, oh god, I love that controversy. What? So Morph, in his like character development card for the new series, is defined as non-binary. That now, makes a ton. That makes a ton of sense because he's a shape changer who has yep. no base form. Yeah, and boy oh boy, is half the internet mad. <laughs> Of like completely unself-aware X-Men fans. That's oh, X-Men's gone woke. This show's going to fail. I'm like, uh, oh. I like, I'm not sure if if they had the language to to fully say it, but like, if someone was just telling me if they rebooted DS9 and they were like, Odo's non-binary, I'd be like, yeah, of course, yeah, he is. That's like the that's like the default, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like that's it. Like, I, like, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be like I wouldn't be like, oh my god, DS9 got woke. I was just like, no, like a formless shapeshifter doesn't have a gender or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a personality in a in a bl- flesh container. Right. It's like the flesh means nothing. Sentient silly putty. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I'm mad he doesn't identify as a dude with testicles. Like, oh, God. 
and and getting mad because x-men went woke is just fucking moronic so bonkers so dumb it's the dumbest fucking thing anyway i like the first episode of x-men uh i guess probably what i'll do is i'll watch some of it and then just read some stuff to catch up on the last season because you said the fifth season is bad i mean yeah it's bad it looks bad the animation changes this this production quality goes down the theme song changes it gets way worse it gets extreme because i didn't mind x-men extreme or whatever it was the one where they're the evolution evolution yeah they're all high school students yeah that one's good wolverine in the x-men it's good all of of them are good but anyway and then uh speaking of wolverine People have, have mined over every split second of the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer mm-hmm. for all the all the Easter eggs and all the stuff. And he's the he's gonna be the MCU Jesus. He's gonna be the cinematic universe messiah. He's those are lines in the thing. He's like, I'm gonna be Marvel Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, God bless you, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like I was like, I was I was ready, I was ready to be like, what's this gonna be like? And just to say <laughs> Marvel Jesus in the trailer. I was like, yay. <laughs> I was like, you, you've once again got my interest. Seems to be Patch. Patch is maybe in it. Uh, uh, yeah, Hip Monkey. Hip Monkey. Hip Monkey's <laughs> like, gonna be in it. That's great. Uh, they brought back Pyro from the X Men movies. <laughs> Why not? There's, there's maybe a Doom. It's, he's got a gun, but otherwise... It is a guy in a green cloak with a metal mask, but he has a gun. So I was like, Doom, maybe Doom, Doom has a gun. And Doom can, has guns and is, has a mili- is a military leader in addition my, to my, being... My super collectible Doom action figure has a, a gun and a holster. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point when he gets knocked down in the desert, I don't know if you've seen this, he gets like knocked down in the desert, whatever else like that, and it's like the reveal of like Wolverine when he's like walking. He's like, here, help me up. It's a there's a, a an issue of Secret Wars in tatters just lying next to him like the comic <laughs> like the physical comic of Secret Wars. I was like ah I'll I'll do it. I think it'll be fun. We'll see. I mean it it'll be weird also, if nothing else. The the second looks, movie was wildly weird. And this this looks real weird. So like, they're basically I guess I mean I, like to put it together into Marvel terms. I think his time hopping at the end of the second one, he made like a pocket timeline for himself. Cause it's like, he's sitting there like celebrating his birthday in like a fake toupee with a bunch of characters who have died in the, in the other <laughs> Deadpool films. And he's just like celebrating his birthday with them. And then the TVA shows up and is like, we need your help. And that seems to be the, the setup, the set setting of it. I was really hoping cause it technically, I don't think it was officially titled until the Super Bowl ad where it's going to be Deadpool and Wolverine. I really thought that they could have gone like, you know, like Deadpool kills the Marvel universe and whatever else like that. They, I, if the title, if the actual title of the film was Deadpool saves the MCU, I thought that would have been like too meta, but maybe also the best. If it's just like, that's what it just says. I like that in every little interview, Hugh Jackman so far as he's called it Wolverine and Deadpool. Nice. <laughs> Live the gimmick. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I'm really, I think I'm really hoping everyone goes out to see Wolverine and Deadpool. Uh, yeah, okay. And, is it and, actually and he, called something else? Deadpool and Wolverine. Wolverine. Right. Hugh Jackman plays Wolverine. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. 
Uh, and yeah, and uh, there's, it's going to be the one MCU movie where the Sony verse in their infinite wisdom is releasing three. And I was like, wow, what a what a boost to the MC- Deadpool it is to release three god awful Marvel movies from Sony. If, if Deadpool's any kind of good, people are going to be like, this is so much better than the other superhero movies that came out this mm-hmm. year. I was going to say, we're not going to talk about Madame Web. They ch- they cut the line. I know. <laughs> they, they cut they, the line from the internet. Out. Cowards. You know about this, Scott? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, was, he was with my mother in the Amazon when she was researching spiders before she died. How do you... <laughs> How do you cut that line? Like, how do you have that line recorded and not have it in your film? <laughs> it's like, I, I, what is Sony doing? What is wrong with them? What is, why would they spend so much money to buy all these licenses and spend so much more money to make these movies like Madam Web? And Unwatchably terrible. Happier? You don't think that's the trick that they're not actually spending that much money. There's like like voodoo accounting going on. They're actually spending ten million dollars, making it sound big, and then and then getting away with it. I don't they know. Are, they are they are low budget, right? Like they're lower they budget sure than you. Fucking are. <clears throat> like what was the what was the Morbius budget? Boop boop. It's Morbin time. Well, they didn't they didn't spend it on the CG in that movie. That's for sure. Yeah, like Morbius. Morbius doubled its money. Right, it was. It had like a seventy-five to eighty million dollar budget and made one hundred and sixty, one hundred and seventy. Like, that was like a genius, though. It's so bad we pulled it. Wait, it's so bad we're putting it back in. And I think they're kind of going with that for Madam Web. And I think that that's the thing. Is I was like, if you're gonna make these movies bad, like you do it, snakes on a plane, bad. You know, like go. And and that's why I'm mad about the line being cut. Like if you're gonna make schlocky, campy stuff. Fill the movie up with that terrible dialogue and be like, what is this? And make it like a, you're trying to get a Rocky Horror buzz going around it to be like, we got to go see how bad it is. But that that was Morbin time, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty it much. And, and they're kind of doing that with Madam Web again. again. Yeah. And that's kind of what, what the, at least the vibe is with Madam Web is they're like, it's supposed to be fun and stupid. I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, how many times can you play that card? But yeah, so they're doing this, Craven and Venom 3 is all this year. Whereas, they are cranking them out. Yep. I mean, mean meanwhile, I guess like the, the with the Super Bowl bubble kind of bursting, Marvel has actually hit the brakes on everything and is like, let's just release one and take our time with everything. Sony's like, here we go. Now's our time to shine. Everybody loves Madam Web? Question mark. <laughs> Oh boy! Of all the characters not to get a lead in in another movie, Madame Web, the, is, the woman is, who, it, who traditionally it, looks older than Aunt May, yeah, is and she's the lead in for a Spider Woman <sighs> who doesn't look good at all. Why are her lenses clear? Ever, oh God! <laughs> right, like you know, like every Spider Man hero has like the the white lenses over their eyes, right? Like, just imagine any Spider-Man, every single one. Nope. They're clear lenses on the Spider-Woman costume. Just like, I was like, wow, you messed that up from, from step one. Like, it just does, it no longer looks anything like any of the Spider-Man characters ever. Freaking, anyway. Amazing. Uh, and, then, and then the Fantastic Four news came out, which I'm also kind of I love kind of the casting of it. It's, I love uh, it. I love the casting. 
It's uh, mm. it's Eben Eben what's his face from The Bear as as Ben Grimm. It's, He's a uh, goddamn it's... New York Jew. It's so good. <laughs> He's got blue eyes. I'm so okay. happy with this. It's so you really you'd really like him in Andor. <laughs> no, what is that? He's... Is that even still on? Disney He's in Andor. Season two's Wait, coming out. Don't you have to watch Andor to like be able to watch something else? It's like a punishment. So. It's like a purgatory of television. <laughs> it's like a loading screen for some other show. You're like, right? Your Disney Plus account is locked unless you watch Andor. Oh, God damn it. Again? <laughs> You've only watched three episodes of Andor. Are you sure you want to watch Thor? Oh. Um, yeah. Well, Thor it's, will what's return this? after this Andor. <laughs> damn it. Uh, it's what's his name? The uh, the guy from Stranger Things. The uh, what's his Joe name? Joe Quinn. Joe Quinn, who played Eddie. The, Eddie Eddie from Stranger Things. The 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 DM, the dungeon, dungeon master. master. Yeah, the heavy heavy metal dungeon master Eddie Eddie Munson. Uh, Pedro Pascal is Mister Fantastic, and then I don't really know who. She was in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, she was the sister. Yeah. That, that, that tracks and most importantly of all introducing for the first time ever in mcu history a new herbie the car yay no the robot that doesn't light himself on fire yeah the replacement for the human torch from the cartoons who also is now in is, it's they also have in the comics because they were mm-hmm. like so some writer in the 90s or whatever was like yo let's bring back herbie um, Reed Richards, uh, Franklin Richards, Son of a Genius is a comic series that's like um, Calvin and Hobbes full Marvel comic about Franklin and Herbie. It's tip top. It's so good. It's great. Yeah. But yeah. And appears to be set in the 60s, which I think explains a bunch of things. Like why they're not around. <laughs> I mean, I like it, but trying to think what like what do you feel like someone might have mentioned them well yes and no so here's the thing is if they were uh, just based you said, it. You said it. <laughs> so if they were kind of if they were just like a, a, a fancy science family and people didn't necessarily know they were superheroes because their adventures were all like intergalactic space things. They might've just been like, it might not have been, I know that traditionally the fantastic four don't have, uh, identities. like don't have identities and they're like, they're public figures. But like, would the fact that there were a couple of like space faring heroes change anything? Like would Iron Man would be like, like the fantastic four. That's like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And you're like, they disappeared. So, like, that's my thing is I think it's going to be either in the 60s and then they get lost in space. So then they can come back into current limelines when they want. But this movie can just happen in the 60s. It's better than just the Eternals being like, we were just there the whole time and just doing nothing. Look at the planet. We, we really screwed it up. There's a, <laughs> there's a big hand coming out the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> I love the Eternals where they're just sort of like, oh, we, we we vowed not to interfere. And it turns out that their secret mission was to, like, you know, keep the planet, like, sustained so that it could have enough, like, souls to start up, a, like, start the engine on the, um, 
whatever his name is by the celestial. celestial that's like living inside of the planet, whatever. So you think they might not have, you know, like tried to stop Thanos because like not only did he like slow down that celestial birth, he slowed down every celestial birth in the universe by 50 percent. But they're like, now nah, we're just going to we're just going to watch. That's our that's our story. We just watched it happen. Stupid Eternals. Now, that's a bad movie. That's that's, a, that's, that's the bottom. I I can't. That think is. Of one I think. Of I think. I think it is the very like, like Iron Man three and Thor two. Thor two are very bad. I think Eternals still has to be below oh, it. Absolutely. I would rather watch Iron Man three and Thor two, back to back, than have to watch Eternals. <laughs> yeah. Wow! 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 Wow, wow, wow. That's a bad one. Uh, the thing, Iron Man 3 was so disappointing because it kind of was clever up until the third act. You know, if they hadn't gone the way they went with, with uh, what was his face? Um, um, Guy Pierce And Kingsley. Both of them. Both of them. Could have gone somewhere good. The God, ending can you imagine having like, two bad guys in a movie and they're played by Guy Pierce and Ben Kingsley? And you fumble it that you hard. You fumble it so that hard. hard. 100 percent and we're, and the, the both like, of them come off looking like bumbling idiots and let's put oh. 50 fucking iron man flying robot suits scooting around just solving all the problems it was so dumb oh, anyhow i think this was 90s <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.